Hey, this is Sarah Nurse, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Sarah Nurse. Sarah, I'm so glad you were able to come on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, I'm guessing you were going for the, the tie Cats? <laughs> tie Cats all the way, Oski Wee Wee. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about being born and raised there in uh, Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Obviously, you know, Hamilton, the hammer, it's kind of that hard work and steel city. And, you know, I have very deep ties here. Both my grandparents actually worked in the steel industry here. So this is the city that I was born and raised and definitely proud to be from. Tell us how you kind of got your interest in hockey, because I, I know we're going to expand on a little bit, uh, you know, because when you got younger boys growing up, of course, they idolized guys like Gretzky, Lemieux, Connor McDavid, even to this day. Who were some of the people that inspired you to get into hockey? Yeah, I think for me, I don't think there was somebody that I actually looked to and kind of was the reason that I got into hockey. For me, it was more skating. I love to skate. And so once they put me on the ice, I kind of took off and never came back. It was just the natural progression. It was kind of either hockey or figure skating. And I think my parents looked at the figure skating bills and were like, ah, probably not. Let's try hockey. And so that's how I kind of got into hockey. Okay. Okay. And of course, there's the story about, I believe if, and again, I'm no good at math. I will put Mm -hmm. that right out there first and foremost, but I believe (laughs) you would be like seven years old or so at the 2002 Olympics watching that. And the story is that you created your own like gold medals, your own flag. And that's when you kind of said, I'm going to be a gold medalist someday for Team Canada. Yeah, um, I remember 2002 pretty vividly. I don't think that I actually asked to watch the game. I think, you know, I had already started playing hockey at that point. And I think my parents were like, oh, look, they're girl hockey players, too. And I actually made like medals out of ribbon and paper. And after that moment, watching them win gold, I guess I went around telling people like when I play for Team Canada one day. And obviously my family was like, well, maybe like we're going to see if you're going to play on Team Canada one day. But I guess I was pretty adamant that I was playing on that team one day. And so that was definitely a pretty pivotal moment in my hockey career. Yeah, I'm sure when you go back to these people that when you when they're like, yeah, she wasn't going to make it or if they you talk to them, you're like, yeah, yeah, where am I yeah, exactly. Where am I to now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty fun, actually, because we get to have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I, I really I, I watched 2002 Olympics. I remember the whole my biggest moment with 2002 is, you know, the Korea between the legs kind of to Lemieux. But even the women's game was really ramped up because of Haley Wickenizer kind of comes out and says that they threw our flag down on the floor yeah and i, I was yeah. just a, like yeah it's like don't mess with Haley wickenizer um no but, absolutely not <laughs> so <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> so have you have you ever like i guess there have been teams where Haley's been on with you is she like a good role model in the room have you ever had to pick her brain yeah i've uh i've been with her not too many times but a few after the 2014 olympics she was a part of the national team program before i believe she officially retired and so it was kind of cool just to see the way she she carried herself on and off the ice kind of her attention in detail, the way that she prepared for practices and games and just seeing her as a competitor is pretty inspiring to me. And she's somebody that obviously like I read about and I wanted to know about once I actually started getting into hockey and knowing what was going on. So definitely in my early teens, she was somebody that I looked up.
up to. And she's like a force to be reckoned with in the hockey world. And she's still doing big things today. Absolutely. I mean, it's Cassie Campbell and her are like two role models I look at for women's hockey. And it's really cool in the aspect of, you know, Cassie Campbell kind of gives you that approach of she she can be fierce, but can be very humble. Where Haley at the time is like, I, I kind of have like the Kobe mentality with, with Haley, where it's almost yeah. like, you know. I agree. It, She's a pretty fierce competitor for sure. Absolutely. And that's what you want on your team. Now, of course, you come from a pretty rich family in terms of the athleticism. Uh, you've got, you know, a cousin Darnell. Yeah, no one, no one's ever heard of Darnell. Um, of course, no. <laughs> who's, uh, who's Darnell? And, and then, of course, Kia, which we see on TSN every now and again, and, of course, playing uh, basketball. Now, I, I'm going to ask you, did either one of them ever force your hand and say, yo, join me in basketball or, yo, join me in hockey? <laughs> No, I think growing up, we all kind of did everything. So like, I remember playing them both in soccer and basketball and all those different sports. And so when we kind of settled on what we were going to do, it was kind of like, we're all kind of doing our own thing and forging our own paths in our respective sports. I think it's really fun. The three of us are, I think just over a year apart. I think like between the three of us, there's like 13 months or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we all grew up doing everything together. You know, I would go to basketball camps with Kia and she would always beat me and every Everybody else by a mile, but I would come in second. (laughs) But she's she's a pretty fierce basketball player, so I definitely didn't touch that. But no, they've been amazing support systems, even from when we were younger to now. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't stop there. I I think it's like your parents and your grandparents, or it could have been a relative. I think it's like uh, McNabb, who is in the football Mm -hmm. as well. So I mean, like, I, I, I just imagine being around the nurse family that if you don't at least carry your own in a sport, they're gonna be like, Sarah, you gotta dump this guy. He's like, he he can't carry his own or with Darnell. I'd be like, Darnell, this, this girl can't even throw a football. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you talk to my dad, (laughs) he'll tell you, he'll give you the rundown on that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's why I stick to podcasting. If I, if we ever, if we ever meet Sarah, I'll be like, yo, I'm a podcast guy. So don't even think, don't even try me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, let's go out on the ice and then be like, "Uh, yeah, did you hear Sarah nurse beat this guy 13 to nothing? They'll be like, was he a hockey player? No. Well, and what do you do expect? Like, that explains it. <laughs> exactly. Now, I want to bring it back here as well, because you went to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I believe it said that you were the first female player that ever scored a, a hat trick with the University of Wisconsin. I, I don't know if that's completely true. Is that true, Sarah? Yes. So the stat is actually that I'm the first player to score a hat trick against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, which is like our number one arch rival. And we're usually like the top the two teams are usually top five in the nation, so we go at it pretty much. And so that's a pretty cool stat because we've had amazing players like Megan Duggan, Hillary Knight, Brianna Decker go to that school, and I'm the only person that has done that out of all those people. So <laughs> that's my claim to fame. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I can imagine if you ever met them. Like, I know Silver Payon Chang was a little bit of a bitter disappointment, but I wonder if, if they were in the shake, in the handshake here, and like, you're like, yeah, well, I still got a hat trick against you guys, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody's got to have some bragging rights around there. <laughs> You were drafted second overall by the Toronto Furies in 2018. Uh, How did that feel? Because I know Hamilton isn't necessarily Toronto, but it's still Ontario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in Hamilton, and so 
growing up in Hamilton, the team we cheer for is the Leafs. And kind of by extension, the Furies were the Leafs kind of sister organization at the time. And so that was pretty special. I mean, getting to be drafted second overall, getting to actually stay at home and play professional hockey at the time was an awesome achievement and something that I'll definitely remember. And my family had a great time that day. And it was it was really cool. No, and I think it's really cool just because the second overall, and especially with the hometown, well, in a way, the hometown tie there as well. Mm-hmm. You were in, you've been a part of the Olympic team for the one that won silver at Pyeongchang. That game was intense. Kind of sucked that it had to come down to all means of a shootout. But uh, what are some takeaways that you have of the, that tournament, and especially now where we have the news that 2020 Canadian athletes aren't going? Yeah, the thing about the Olympics is that it's an event like no other. It comes along, you know, every four years, and it's something that us as athletes that you know don't truly have a major professional league to play in that's our Stanley Cup or that's our Super Bowl and so I think I'm thinking of these athletes today who have announced you know that they're not going to go to the Tokyo 2020 Olympics because they've been I've known the hard work that they put in um, to getting there and so my hope is that the IOC will definitely postpone the Olympics because I mean every athlete has the right to train and feel safe and have their families go over and watch them in the Olympics and so yeah Pyeongchang was was absolutely incredible it's such a unique experience and something that looking back like I feel like I didn't even breathe the entire two weeks and it went by an absolute blur because you're surrounded by so many amazing athletes from all over the world and just seeing the way they think and the way they train and the way they prepare for their different events is so cool and it was so special to be able to share that with my teammates and my family. We had the Olympics here in 2010. Where were you two in 2010 and did you did you enjoy the time of watching it in Canada? Yeah, I was home in 2010 and so we got to see the Olympics in Vancouver and that was so cool because even though I wasn't in Vancouver, just seeing like the Canadian pride all over the country was amazing. I mean, in 2010, I would have been, I guess, 15. And I don't even know if I truly appreciated it because, you know, being so young and having the Olympics in Canada, it's something that honestly, I think I thought happened all the time. (laughs) And it actually doesn't. And so I think looking back, I almost wish I would appreciate it more because, you know, who knows when Canada is ever going to have an Olympics back on home soil. So that was so cool. And hearing the stories from my teammates who were in Vancouver were pretty special and so hopefully one day we get to experience that again yeah i mean it's it's just bringing it back to like the 2002 like i'm looking at the the next upcoming of uh females in hockey and i mean like you're one of the names that pops up uh poulin is another name mm-hmm. that uh people bring together just because of her olympic moments just in general mm-hmm. and then you have uh, spooner as well so no that's awesome but i i do agree with you in the the aspect of the 2010 olympics because I, I probably will share a video with you after they have a mon montage video that they do with Brian. I think it's like Brian Williams that just does the intro. It's kind of, when you're watching it when you're younger, you're like, oh, shut up, buddy. You're going to have to, you'll cover other Olympics. And then when you look at it now, you're like, Mm -hmm. no, that was his last kind of Olympics. And the music that they played, the Canadian moments they have, like, you know, the athletes that came on and apologized for not even finishing or because they fell. And you're like, why are you apologizing to me, someone sitting at home eating salt vinegar chips? Like, this (laughs) Like, I get it. It happens. But it just was so Canadian. And I think it's an aspect that when you go back, you kind of wish you had the time back to really appreciate it more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, the Olympics are definitely a special thing that only comes around 
every four years for your respective games. And so a lot can happen in four years. And there's definitely no guarantees that if you go to one Olympics, you're going to get to go and go to another one. And, you know, there's qualifications. There's so many different things that you have to do to make it to an Olympics. So when you're there, when you watch it, like you really have to appreciate and enjoy that moment because those are moments in time that you're never going to get back. Yeah. And, and that kind of brings it back to, what you know, winning silver at Pyeongchang. I know it was very disappointing for you guys, but like, you know, when you look back at it from years from now, you'll say like, well, at least I was there. At least we came home with something. Yeah. I mean, like even the way that I look at my hockey career now, I think it put a lot of things in a perspective that I thought that when I got to the Olympics, like my whole life was going to just revolve around me being an Olympian. And I remember getting back to Canada and being like, all right, like I'm still who I was before I left for Korea. (laughs) And so I look at my hockey career and I've worked so hard to accomplish what I've accomplished. And, you know, if I never, you know, lace up a pair of skates again and look back at my hockey career, I can say, you know, I've accomplished what I want to accomplish and I'm proud of that. Now, I know you said that if you hung up your skates today that you'd be fine on calling it a career, but let's hope that's no time soon because this is the topic I kind of want to touch on as well here. Um, It's very trendy, very recent, always gets brought up every so often, but it doesn't seem like it's getting as much attention as what it is now. It's, you know, the females, female hockey players and their contracts and creating this WNHL, like Women's National Hockey League. Can you give me any updates on that and just your thoughts on how things are going. Yeah, so I mean, right now we have what's called uh, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association or the PWHPA for short. And that actually came out of the CWHL folding last year, probably around this time, actually. And that's because the league wasn't sustainable and we weren't going to be able to continue. And so about 200 players actually got together and we were like, we need a call to action. We need women's hockey and women's professional hockey to to be better and to improve and to be a viable option for little girls who dream of playing hockey one day. And so we got together and we are pushing for better. You know, we don't want to sit on the status quo. We want to reject that. And we want women to play hockey professionally. We want them to make a living wage. We want them to be treated, you know, professionally and have all the resources and the infrastructure that we need to be successful as athletes. Because at the end of the day, people are looking at us and our product and they want to see how good we are. And it's like, well, you can watch us play. And you have to understand that we don't do this for a living. We don't train every day. People have real jobs. Like people are teachers, nurses, all these different professions. They do their nine to five and then they come and play later. And so we're not being set up for real success. You know, we're being set up for injury and and fatigue. And and it's really sad because they're really incredible hockey players. So that's why we're pushing for, you know, a WNHL so that women can truly take hockey seriously and it it not be a hobby. It actually be a profession. I I really enjoy like just in in the broad sense of the term, like I know you have like the Canada-US rivalry that's very strong, but when you had members of the Canadian team and the US team coming together as a whole i mean to to a hockey fan to someone who just loves the rivalry you just kind of look at it and say okay they're putting their rivalry aside here for a bigger issue so you yeah. know maybe <laughs> let's take let's take this seriously um yeah <laughs> because i i can imagine like you know sure you might have played with a few of these people on different teams but when it comes to a, a global issue or something that it, it impacts all of you you basically say like let's leave this at the door or you know 
we're fighting for a bigger cause here because like we just reminisced of the 2002 Olympics you want to see more moments of that just not with Olympics but in actual like the WNHL you know yeah I mean definitely I think that rivalry is pretty fierce and it's something that is probably one of the biggest rivalries in sports and you know when we put on that Team Canada or Team USA jersey like we we're going 150% and we want to beat the other team but that being said this is definitely bigger than bigger than all of us and so putting that rivalry aside for a second we have to think about the future generations of our sport and we want to leave the game in a, in a better place than what we got it in and so as we as we look to kind of do this thing it was like let's put all this aside and really band together because there's strength in numbers and there's strength in all of our voices together and that's something that we realized pretty quick and so I think if people see that you know we're willing to put aside this huge rivalry we have and and really get together I think it's it's pretty serious because there's definitely a lot of hatred on the ice and sometimes you look across the the boardroom and you see one of those girls who you know gave you a cheap shot <laughs> the other day but you know we're, we're definitely doing this for the future of women's hockey and so that there's a place for little girls to dream of playing in and and just to bring it whole I mean if, if no one's ever gone to see uh, a women's hockey game and I'll give you a little bit of background here so you can understand just where I'm coming from with it like growing up I was involved in basketball uh, I've never really played hockey just wasn't my thing wasn't really allowed because if I had a real good crack on the head that's it but as I got into university I, I was always like oh the, the like the men's games just seem a little bit more intense but when I went to Loyalist College in Belleville uh, it just happened to be one of those fluke situations where a teacher overheard me make make a comment of saying like who wants to be a broadcaster and I'm in sports journalism and I was like who wants to broadcast games and uh, they're like all right you Brian you're you're doing women's uh, basketball and at first I was like oh man like I don't know anything about women's <laughs> basketball so I, I started doing like the women's basketball games and I really started to s- see the you know just how intense they are and I was like geez I, I love doing women's basketball games to the very end of the season where when the teacher would say Brian we need someone to fill in on a men's game I'd be like no I love women's basketball I'm sticking here so then awesome. I used to just watch the women's hockey games and you'd see some of your friends go like yeah but like the there's the NHL on I'm like yeah but we get to watch the NHL all the time like let's you know let's see what the women can do and it brought in a new wave of light there when you guys had the women's three-on-three game at the all-star and just seeing mm-hmm. how exciting and fast-paced that was can you express yeah. or explain like the joy of you know being a part of that and what was it like being in that atmosphere yeah i think definitely um just to speak on your point a little bit about you know not really knowing women's sports i think that a lot of people don't give women's sports a chance because they really don't have to because they don't have to see it all the time and that kind of goes to this whole visibility piece that all professional women's sports are, are fighting for but I think the NHL All-Star Game um, this year was an absolutely incredible experience. In the previous years, the NHL has kind of extended that invitation to a couple of female players to come, you know, demonstrate some, I think it was their skills competition, and then be around, do youth clinics and sign autographs and things like that. And uh, this year, with what was going on in, in women's hockey, they extended the invitation to us to actually come play, which was kind of the perfect platform that we needed to get that visibility and to show more people our product and so it was 
you know, again, kind of the perfect scenario for us. And we appreciated it so much because it, it definitely gave us that opportunity. And it was a lot of fun. And again, that Canada-USA rivalry, it's intense. And I think it's kind of funny because we actually had to share a locker room with the U.S. Because, I mean, there weren't a ton of us. There was only 20. And so we shared a locker room with, with them. And when we came in after the game, like, we're trying to celebrate and have a lot of fun. And you could see over the on the U.S. side, they, they weren't too happy about that. But it was a lot of fun and such a unique experience that had a ton of positive reviews. No, no. And I believe I've seen on Instagram or maybe TSN shared it where uh, Granado's crowd in the in the U.S. had to come by and give you guys some Tim Hortons and some donuts. And uh, they, 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 they did not look thrilled. And I was like, nor would you yeah. be. <laughs> no, a bet's a bet. Yeah, a, bet, a bet's a bet. But at least they lived up to their word. Yeah. But you could just see it on her face. She was just uh, like... Like, like, Not why? Happy. Why Timmy's? Yeah. Why? The, and, then, and then you're like, here, why, why don't you just have a sip of Timmy's? And, and they're like, oh, okay, this is understood. Understood. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. <laughs> you weren't just interested in hockey growing up. It, it, you you played basketball, volleyball. Um, you also dabbled in the piano. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering when we're going to see some Instagram, uh, you know, piano moments. Were you, yeah, honestly, I've been I've been thinking about it, but the issue is like I don't have a keyboard. So what happened with the piano is that I played in high school and we had to take a music class, and I didn't want to take I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like the flute thing. And there's this piano class, and it was basically like teach yourself how to play the piano. So pretty much, I taught myself how to play the piano, and it was so fun. Like it's therapeutic. But I've been thinking about getting a keyboard. I just don't have one right now. So we're going to have to stay tuned for that. You get the keyboard and I'll be like a backup singer and we'll make some uh, <laughs> like coronavirus uh, remixes. I've seen a yeah, lot of exactly. good ones. I've seen That's someone awesome. come up with like Blink-182's Blink Wash My Hands Again. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've had one where instead of Bare Naked Ladies, if I had a million dollars, it was like if I had the coronavirus, I would be working oh, from God, home. Oh, God, I'm going to have to find that. That's, <laughs> that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's innovative and I'm glad that people are staying inside and just coming up with creative ways to you know deal with it because in in the world we live in now where every day someone's like someone else has it i'm, I'm really scared mm-hmm. it's like um you know just stay inside you'll be okay yeah. Uh, yeah you know like there's more content coming on instagram that you can watch a lot of celebrities are doing instagram lives now and speaking of that i mean i i'm sure uh, if you you know tweeted out a drake he would give you another mention <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> um now i want to mention this of course because we've had a little bit of fun here talking about the serious topics of hockey, you know, how you got involved in uh, women's sport in general. Are you ready to play a game of How Canadian? Oh, gosh. Sure. <laughs> okay. So so the idea here is that you have to top something that I'm going to say that's very Canadian and you have to make it sound more Canadian. So we had it with Splash and Boots a couple or in our last episode. So I'll give you the example that they gave. So I said, uh, I opened the door for a customer. How Canadian of me. And he came back and said, I was late for this interview. I called an Uber and a moose came. How Canadian of me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll start, I'll go with... I offered someone a Timmy's, they rejected it, but I still apologized. How Canadian of me. I stopped at Timmy's on my way home. They were out of Timbits, but he offered to bring one to my igloo later. Oh, that's a good one. I like I like that. Is that okay? Yeah, I like I like that. <laughs> or or in a in a hockey stance, as stereotypical as it was, a USA player slashed me, I slashed him back, but apologized for us both. How Canadian of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, 
I hit one of the American defenders. Didn't say sorry to her, but apologized to the ref for having to call a penalty on me. How Canadian of me. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. That's oh, good. God. This is stressing me out. That's good. No, no. We don't want no stress. No stress. Okay. We'll move on to we'll move on to another part of the interview. Let's go with some of some of Sarah Nurse's favorite things. Okay. What is your favorite movie? I love Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street or Harry Potter? Either of those I could really, watch. Really? Really? Yeah. Harry Potter? I, yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I, I suppose that you don't get chirped on the ice because if I was on the ice and you just scored like three goals on me, I'd be like, oh, go go watch your Harry Potter. Go watch your Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, maybe you should too and then you'd be scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd need like a magic broom just to get past yeah. you. Um, what's your uh, favorite artist? Like singer? Yes. I don't know why I just went to painting. I was like Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite artist, um, painting. <laughs> um, I mean, I love Beyonce. You know, I know that's everybody says Beyonce, but like she's my girl. Love Beyonce, everything she does. Oh man, I can I can hear some Drake sad songs here in the background. He gives, <laughs> he, he gives you the shout out. I'm I'm expecting Showed a diss no track. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna there's gonna be a line there that's gonna be so deep where it's like went to the hospital, didn't get a nurse, and then you're just gonna be like, that's about me. There it is. There uh, it is. No, he's so good too. He's so good too. But he's not my favorite just yet. Not, not yet. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Your favorite snack now. I, I've heard that your favorite food was fries, but come on. Yeah, I love French fries. I, th- <laughs> I think like if there was only one food left in the world, I'd pick potatoes because it's the most versatile. Like you can have French fries, baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, like scallop potatoes, gnocchi. You know, like potatoes are the best fruit. Or you're, food, you're, sorry. you're thinking outside the box there. You're you're like That's the you're, you're the meme that the guy just keeps on tapping on his head where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what can you make out of potatoes? But I do love again stick with the potato theme I love chips like if that's a snack that I'm gonna go to it's chips it's like if you're in the locker room and it's like a tense moment it's like all right girls we're going into three on three overtime with us and you hear in the background crunch 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 someone tell Sarah nurse to stop eating those chips honestly that's happened before that's that used to be my go-to I'd eat Doritos like in between periods in high school people just poke in front of you you're like I'm just gonna make it to the Olympics one day you don't know you don't yeah see. exactly it's like it's like Sarah. This is just a game of volleyball. Yeah, well, stop it. I'm stress eating over here. Um, exactly. So we went with favorite movie. All right, we did favorite uh, musician, uh, and then you said painting. Great favorite artist. Um, um, what would be your, I guess, favorite TV show growing up? I think when I was really little, it was like Elmo, like Sesame Street, <laughs> and then <laughs> I actually loved Proud Family. I don't know if you know what that is. Oh, uh, Family Channel. The pr- family yes (laughs) so those are some of my (laughs) go-tos i'm I'm guessing it has to do with a little bit of the beyonce tie in the proud family yeah Yeah, of course it does of course it does (laughs) sarah here's beyonce does the the work and it's like this this cartoon is crap my favorite show but (laughs) fair enough what would be your your favorite player that you played with and played against Ooh, I think ooh, that's a good question. I think like a ton of my teammates on Team Canada are so, so cool to watch and see what they do. But I definitely think my favorite person to play 
with on the same team is definitely Mary Poulin. Like she's so skilled and like every time you come to the ring, she does something to surprise you. So that's, that's pretty neat. I definitely think that I have a lot of respect for Brianna Decker, who's on the American team. I think she's a fantastic player as well. So I definitely hate playing against her, but I would love to have her on my team. And that's why we need that WNHL just to see the mix exactly. of who, who would have on each team. <laughs> I absolutely enjoyed the conversation there, Sarah. I guess the last thing we'll mention is how have you been uh, dealing with the uh, self-isolation? Yeah, it's definitely been difficult. Um, I actually got home last week. I was in Montreal um, for a little bit and I've actually been these last four months. I've been traveling here, there and everywhere. So this week, long stint that I've been at home is like one of the longest times that I've been at home in a very long time. So it's actually kind of nice. I might get to spend a little time with my family, catch up on some things and, and do things that I don't normally have time to do, like clean my bedroom. But I mean, it's definitely a very different time what we have going on. And so I've honestly been unplugging a lot. I've been trying to limit my time on social media because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of negativity going on and it's tough hearing about how many cases and how many people are dying and getting kind of diagnosed with this with the virus and so I've been trying to unplug and recharge and just you know take this time to be with my family and hang out with them because it's something that you know we a lot of us take for granted. Speaking of just the whole negativity on like social media and whatnot like when you see how many cases there are for for example I'm one of these people that I, I don't know what the term is I guess it's when something really minor goes wrong it's like you treat it as if it's the most major thing in the world. It's like you hit, you stub your toe on a, on a bench. You're like, Oh, that's it. I gotta go to the hospital. I'm hurt. (laughs) I'm hurt. I'm hurt for three days. But I overheard like someone at my work say that, Oh, they were in contact with someone that uh, went to a funeral home. And this is in Newfoundland where it was like, you know, they were telling people that if you were at this funeral home on Sunday, someone had the coronavirus there. And if you were in contact and it's like a three way thing where it's like this person had to be in contact with this person, but this person, and then it just mm-hmm. goes down the line. But she was mentioning about how um, she believes one of her friends was in contact. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to get it now because yeah. you were. And then it turns out that none of them had the symptoms. And I was like, okay, breathe mm-hmm. a big sigh of relief. But for like 20 minutes in the day, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. <laughs> where, where am I going? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you hear, you read about all these symptoms and, and different cases. And you're like, oh, I 100% have it. I guarantee I have it. And it's, it's just scary because you make these scenarios up in your head when things aren't actually happening and obviously this time can take a toll on your mental health you know anxiety about the whole situation but I I think if we just kind of take this time and realistically we're never going to get this time again you know this kind of self-isolation just with your family kind of not having to do really that much and I think we have to kind of switch our perspective and almost appreciate it a little bit because we're going to come out of this um, stronger than ever as long as we kind of listen to the recommendations with like the World Health Organization and obviously our government and so I think it's going to take a little time but we're definitely going to come out of this. Now Sarah are you ready to to hear the the most massive pun that you'll ever hear and I'm going to tie up this interview all together. So we've talked about Drake, we've talked about your career, we talked about you spending time at home. Do you see where I'm going with this? Just hold on, we're going home. (laughs) (laughs) That's awful. Yeah, what was that? That was pitiful. Luckily, it's over. Don't ever sing again, Tobin. We want guests to come on the show. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Sarah Nurse for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. 
follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.